What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Guggenheim. We're talking preseason Big Ten predictions on this podcast. Make sure to like, follow, subscribe. Make sure you, you, can, you can check us out at Apple, Google, Spotify. Leave a review. Send me an email. Instagram and Twitter. You can find me at Big Ten Football Talk. That handle and Big Ten Football Talk at gmail.com couple things. One, you'll notice I sound a little deeper voiced in this pod. It's because I'm I'm a little sick. I'm actually recording this from my bedroom in bed, but I wanted to get something out there because the season is fast approaching. Second thing is, you know, I feel like I've made it. I feel like I've made it uh, in the podcast scene because I got my first ever one-star review. And you know, you might think that's that's not a good thing, but I think it's a great thing. Here's why. The five-star reviews, they come in because friends, family, or just very nice people are just willing to, you know, throw you a bone. And by the way, if you are one of those nice people that haven't given me a five-star review yet, please do so. That'd be great. But you know, it takes some chutzpah to leave a one-star review. Like, typically, if you don't like the pod, you just stop listening to it. But someone actually gave it a one-star review. They actually took the time to leave a one-star review. And, and I would just like to say thank you to whoever you are for caring enough to say that this podcast stinks. I appreciate it. I really do. I, I you know, I want honest feedback, you know, and the person that left that review, if you want to send me an email as to why, I would love to know why so that I can make this better. Um, in all seriousness, I, I, I mean that in all seriousness, but, but also the other, the big thing is I'm going to be on another podcast. Uh, JR's rankings, I think is, uh, he, he, what he goes by on Twitter but I'm excited to go on his podcast. We're going to talk a little bit about Minnesota, Nebraska, and just other things that are going on in the Big Ten. I'm sure we'll probably talk a little bit about the suspension uh, that Jim Harbaugh is is now doing again. We'll probably talk about that. I haven't really talked too much uh, with him yet, but I'm excited to go on the show. Um, that'll be dropping, I think, Wednesday night or Thursday. So be on the lookout. I'll give more information as that happens. Um, we're going to just go, I'm, I'm going to do West, take a break, and then we'll do the East and playoff picks. That's just how we're going to do it. I'll give a little bit of explanation, but I, I think it'll be pretty self-explanatory. This is the third year that I've done this. And really, this is just me going down the schedule. I'm looking at a block schedule. I'm saying, okay, what do I think is actually going to happen? Going to happen? How is this going to play out? So I'm going to do the West. I think the West is interesting in its own way. I'll, I'll start, you know, worst to best. So I think the worst case or the worst 
I think is probably obvious for most people, and it's it's Northwestern. I have them going one and eleven, zero uh, and nine in the Big Ten. Their only win coming against Howard in Week Six. Uh, they play Rutgers, UTEP, Duke, Minnesota, Penn State. Uh, in their first five games, I have them losing all five of those. They lose to Howard. Then they have a bye week, and then they get Nebraska, Maryland, Iowa, Wisconsin, Purdue, and Illinois. You know, I think if if you heard my best case, worst case, I was not – I didn't think their, their ceiling was very high. I honestly – I don't expect much out of David Braun's squad. Just There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of – I think frustration between the athletic department and the president and the coach and, and the players, there, there's just a lot of mess right right now in that program. And it's it's a shame. It's a shame. You have former players coming to the defense of Pat Fitzgerald. You have the players and the coaches, you know, saying Northwestern against the world. You have the president saying that's insensitive. And it's like, what? So there's just a lot going on. And I think it's going to be good for Northwestern just to get to football. But the reality is I I don't think you get better with all this. And so I think they, they might be motivated. They might be all those things. But I think the distractions are really going to get to them. And they're they're just not very talented. So 1-11, I have them going 1-11 uh, in the Big Ten – or 0-9 oh in the Big Ten. And they finish seventh in the West. At four and eight, two and seven in the conference, finishing sixth, I have Nebraska. There's a reason why you bring in Matt Rule. And the reason why you bring in Matt Rule is because your program's a dumpster fire. You don't bring in Matt Rule because he's a rock star. You bring in Matt Rule because he's a builder, right? He rebuilt Temple. He rebuilt Baylor. You know, the first couple seasons, the first season at Baylor and the first few seasons at Temple, they were not good, right? I think it's one win and two wins. And so people have to understand that this Nebraska squad, I think there's a lot of excitement and a lot of enthusiasm. They got some good transfers. But the reality is I just don't think it's going to be there in year one. So I, I have them losing the first two games. Uh, they have Northern Illinois and Louisiana Tech uh, in their non-conference. I think those are wins. Uh, but then I think they lose to Minnesota. They lose to Illinois. They get the bye week. They, they beat Northwestern. I think Purdue is a swing game. And I... I went into the season thinking that Purdue was going to be really bad. And then I saw some of the transfers. Uh, and I think Ryan Walters is going to be a good coach. Hudson Card is maybe a top half quarterback. So I, I have Nebraska losing that game, even though it's at home. I have them beating Michigan State. But then I have them losing to Maryland, Wisconsin, and Iowa. I, I think, again, I think Maryland's going to be a borderline top 25 team this year. I think Wisconsin and Iowa are both going to be much improved from a year ago. So I have Nebraska at 4-8, and eight, finishing 6th in the division. Finishing 5th in the division is Purdue. And I have them just missing out on bowl eligibility, 5-7, and 3-6 and six in the conference. I really, 
really wanted to put them at six and six. But I, I think that Fresno State opener is a lot trickier than people are giving it credit for. And so I have them losing in the opener. I do think they beat Virginia Tech and Syracuse. I think Virginia Tech and Syracuse are actually weaker teams. I think I think Fresno State's I think Fresno State would beat both of those teams. So I have them starting out two and one in the non-conference and then four straight losses. You know, they they have a really really tough slate. Wisconsin, Illinois, Iowa, Ohio State. It's all before the bye. I think, you know, they they get to kind of collect themselves a bit. They get Nebraska. It's it's on the road, but they get the bye weeks. I think that helps them. They get the win there. They lose to Michigan and Minnesota before cleaning up uh, Northwestern and Indiana. So they they win the old Oak and Bucket game. I think they build uh, they they build into next season, just missing out on bowl eligibility. They're fifth in the division. Finishing fourth, I have Minnesota at six and six, four and five in the conference. Now, before people get upset at me, I think Minnesota might actually be a little better than last year, but the schedule is just nasty. I think Phil Steele has it as the seventh hardest schedule in the country. So you get Nebraska and I think Eastern Michigan to start out. I I have them winning both those. Then they go on the road to North Carolina against one of the best quarterback prospects in the country. I just don't think they win that game. They don't have, they have some defense coming back and they do have a, you know, a really good safety in Tyler Newbin who's coming back. So like, that's good. I just don't think that, entire defense is built to to really compete with with that type of a team. So I think they lose that on the road. They beat Northwestern, they beat the Ragin' Cajuns. So they start 4 and 1, but then they they lose to Michigan. They have a bye. They lose to Iowa at Iowa while they win uh and beat Michigan State at home, so that puts them at 5 and 3. But then their last four games is Illinois, Purdue, Ohio State, and Wisconsin. I just think they only get one of them, and that's Purdue. Uh, that Again, it's a tough, tough schedule. Uh, North Carolina, Iowa, per, uh, Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Michigan are uh, – those five teams, I think you put them on anybody's schedule, and I think most teams are going to go – at best, two and three or one and four. I, I don't think Minnesota wins any of them. Um, I, I think they're good. I just don't think they're they're complete enough to be able to get an upset over any of those teams. So I got Minnesota fourth. They do make a bowl game. Third in the division, I have Illinois at eight and four, five and four. You know, I think Illinois has uh, they're they're high in their quarterback room. They have a really good receiver in Illinois. I think they're still going to have really good defense. Uh, Newton at defensive end is, uh, and Keith Randolph, I think, are going to be a force to be reckoned with on that defensive line. So I think that's that's where it starts with Brett Bielema's squad. They get Toledo. They get Kansas. Start 2-0. They go on the road to Penn State. That's a loss. They get Florida Atlantic at home. That's a win. I think they get Purdue, Nebraska. Uh, I think they win those games to get to 5-1. and one. They go. It's a, it's a tricky game at Maryland. I have them losing that game. I think it's a swing game for them. 
I think I think Maryland and Illinois could easily that could go either either way. Um, but I have Maryland winning at home, and then Wisconsin. Uh, lo- they lose at home as well, and so they go five and three into the bye week, and then they get Minnesota, Indiana, Iowa, and Northwestern. And I think the only one they lose out of that is Iowa. So eight and four, five and four in the conference, third in the West. And then I, I've said ad nauseum, I think Iowa and Wisconsin are going to be the best versions of themselves this year. So I have Iowa finishing second, 10 and two, seven and two in the Big Ten. And it's pretty self explanatory. They go on the road to Penn State in week four. I don't think they win that game. I just don't think they have the offense to do it against that defense. I think Penn State's defense is going to be stellar. Just absolutely stellar. That's not to say that Iowa's won't, but I I just think Iowa's offense is not going to be good enough, I think, to break that defense. And they're, they're going to need to get 20 points, if not more, against Penn State. Um, but then they get Michigan State, Purdue, uh, Minnesota, Northwestern, Rutgers, Illinois, Nebraska. I, like, I think they, those are all wins. But then they go on the road to Madison in week seven. And I just, I think because it's in Madison, Wisconsin gets the win. I think the, the combination of Phil Longo coming in as offensive coordinator, Tanner Mordecai, listen, don't sleep on Tanner Mordecai. I think he might, he might end up being the first team all Big Ten quarterback in the like he might be a first team all big 10 by the end of the year and they've got a great running back in Braylon Allen you know he might be the most underrated back in the big 10 this year because you've got all these other like flashy guys with Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards and Nicholas Singleton and and Travion Henderson all those guys listen Roman Hemby at Maryland like I think a lot of people are talking about those guys don't sleep on Braylon Allen just don't do it. So I just I think Iowa has a good season, but I think they go 10 and 2, 7 and 2 in the conference and I've got Wisconsin winning the division at 11 and 1, 8 and 1. Their only loss to Ohio is to Ohio State at home. Uh let me take a quick break and then we'll do the East and the play, my playoff picks. Before history is written. It's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome back to the Big Ten Football Talk podcast. The reason why... I am doing playoff picks with the East. It probably is fairly obvious, but my East predictions are also impacting my playoff predictions. And I am, this has honestly been the hardest, the hardest it has ever been for me to make picks. And it's because 
I really do legitimately think three teams could walk out of the East and be the Big Ten champ. And that's not to say that Wisconsin couldn't steal it either. Like, I think Wisconsin, it's not what I'm predicting, and I'll talk about that in a minute, but I do think Wisconsin could be good enough to to steal the Big Ten, you know, if the, whoever the champ comes in and is a little off. Like, they're, they're much better than the past two previous West champions, in my opinion. So I really do think that there's four possible playoff teams in the Big Ten. But my playoff picks are going to be determined by the East. So I, that's why I'm, I'm talking about them together. Let, let's go, again, worst to best. And so my last place... Uh, last place team in the division is Indiana. This really shouldn't be a shock. I've got them two and ten, zero and nine in the conference. They open with Ohio State. They lose that game. They get Indiana State. They win. Go on the road to Louisville. Listen, Louisville is a, I think, could be an ACC dark horse team. I. That's just a rough. It's a rough. Rough time for Indiana to have Louisville. Uh, Akron, they get a win there, but then it's it's just straight losses the rest of the way. Maryland, Michigan, Rutgers, Penn State, Wisconsin, Illinois, Michigan State, Purdue, I think they lose all, all of those. And I, I think Tom Allen gets fired at the end of the year. Um, so I've got Maryland 2-10, and 0-9. In sixth place, uh, I have Rutgers. Sorry, I, I realized I had something in here that I didn't realize. But Rutgers I have uh at four and eight, two and seven, and I have them winning their first two games, Northwestern Temple. I didn't know what to do with Virginia Tech. Because Virginia Tech is really down. I it's probably my name bias, because I think just I I hear Virginia Tech and I'm like, oh they're better. I don't think Virginia Tech is unbeatable for Rutgers, but I just I just don't think I just don't think it's going to happen. Even though it's at home, I I just think Virginia Tech probably has a little bit more than Rutgers. So I have them losing to Virginia Tech. Um, they they lose to Michigan. They play Wagner. They beat Wagner. Um, before they lose to Wisconsin and Michigan State, they get Indiana on the road. Before they have four straight losses, and I mean it's it's a brutal stretch. Ohio State at Iowa at Penn State, home against Maryland. That that's a brutal stretch. So I got four and eight. Also tied for sixth, although technically they'd have the tiebreakers. Michigan State. I have them at four and eight, two and seven in the division. They get Charlotte, which is uh sorry, Central Michigan. Did I screw this up? They, they, whoever their first game is, they win. I'm going to make sure I actually report this right before I actually tell you who it is. They win their first game. They beat Richmond their second game. And then it really gets hard for them. They they play Washington at home. Washington might be a dark horse playoff contender. Like That's just – that's a tough ask. It's a very, very tough ask for them. 
Um, it's Central Michigan, not Charlotte, who they play. Um, they beat Central Michigan. They beat Richmond, but they lose to Washington. They lose to Maryland. They lose to Iowa. And then they get a bye week. They beat Rutgers on the road, but then it's five straight losses. Michigan, Minnesota, Nebraska, Ohio State. Sorry, four straight losses. They get Indiana on the road, but then they lose to Penn State and Detroit. So four and eight, two and seven, another rough year for Mel Tucker. And then fourth place in the division, I have Maryland. And I have them winning their first five games. They're playing Charlotte. That's who I I knew a Big Ten team was playing Charlotte. But they, I think they win their first five games. I think they're ranked heading into their matchup against Ohio State. They lose. I, You know, in my best case, worst case, I said they might be able to upset Ohio State. Over the past 10 years since Maryland has been – or nine years since Maryland has been in the conference, they have given Ohio State a game when they're hosting them several times. Never when they're at – Columbus I just I think because it's in Columbus I think it's gonna be a bit more of the same I think it'll be closer than years past but I, I think Ohio State's probably gonna get the win and it's probably gonna be a little bit more comfortable they get Illinois I think they win that game at home before they have a bye they get Northwestern before they finish with Penn State Nebraska Michigan and Rutgers and I have uh, losses to Penn State and Michigan, wins against Nebraska and Rutgers. So they go 9-3, and 6-3 and three in the conference. Fourth place, uh, which is crazy. That fourth place in the division is 6-3. and three. Now, up to this point, there's a couple things I want to point out. I, I don't see a ton of separation between like the bottom six or seven teams and I think the top six or seven teams, there's a, there's actually a, quite a bit of a gap, in my opinion. Now I could, I could be wrong in that, but I think, like I think Maryland is a good bit better than most of the other teams in the Big Ten outside of Iowa, Wisconsin, Penn State, uh, Ohio State, and and Penn State. Did I say that? Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Wisconsin, Iowa. I think those five teams are a cut above. I think Maryland is like a bit below that. And I think everybody else, like I think Illinois and Minnesota are maybe a tier below that. And then everybody else is kind of down there a bit. Um, now I could be wrong. I, we could see, you know, Illinois surprised last year, Michigan state surprised two years ago, but I just, that's kind of how I'm seeing it right now. I think Iowa is a, is a, a bit below Wisconsin. And I think Wisconsin is a gap below Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State. But then you get to Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, and I'm like, man, it's this is tough. This is tough. I think they're three of the top five teams in the country. I think if this were next year, I think all three teams would be in the playoff. I would not be surprised if all three teams got far in the playoff because I, I think they have answers Everywhere. I think all three teams have guys uh, at all three levels of the defense. I think the quarterback play 
will be good to great at all three schools. I think, obviously, all three schools have really good running back rooms. Like, all three are top five in the country. And then, you know, each of them have, each team is relatively complete. I think Ohio State, their tackles are a question mark for sure, but their skill positions are the best in the country. I think Michigan might have the best offensive line in the country, and I think Penn State might have the best left tackle in the country. So it's, I, I think it's incredibly hard. And so as I thought through this, I, I, they're the three teams I've scratched up the most. And what it came down to for me was schedules and matchups. Schedules and matchups. So I'm, I'm going to start with Penn State. I think if Penn State is built to be anybody, it's Ohio State. And, you know, that was a, it's a point that I think Doug Maurice has made on the podcast. I think it's a point that that has been made several times in how Penn State's recruited. You look at their secondary. I mean, their secondary is loaded with talent. King, the corner, is just, you know, Marvin Harrison's going to get his, but he's not going to fear Marvin Harrison. He's not going to fear anybody. They always have great safeties. Like that secondary might be the best secondary in the country. The linebackers are incredible. Their their pass rush, I think, matches up extremely well with Ohio State's tackles. So I think Penn State gets Ohio State in Columbus. And before everybody says, but it's in Columbus, Ohio State's at home, Ohio State at home, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't. Ohio State's not very, they don't have a great home field advantage. I think Penn State gets them on the road. So I've got Penn State beating Ohio State at um, in week eight. But I don't think Penn State is built to beat Michigan. I think they're too light up front. And so I have them losing to Michigan at home. And again, before you say, well, Mich- you know, Michigan's going on the road to Penn State. Yes, but look at the size of Penn State's defensive tackles. I, you know, I think I think of last year, and I mean they just pounded the rock over and over and over and over. And I think it will probably be more of the same, especially because I don't think Penn State's receivers are good enough to really blow it open early. I think the way that Penn Penn State's pathway to victory would be to get up two or three scores, and I'm just not sure they have the personnel outside to do it. They have a great tight end. You know, their running backs are great. I just think the talent out wide is going to hold them back. I have Penn State finishing 11 and 1, 8 and 1 in the conference. Let me talk about Ohio State and Michigan. Because I've already said that I think Ohio State's going to lose to Penn State. And I think Michigan has had Ohio State's number. And so this this was actually the game 
that I had the most consternation on was the game, Ohio State-Michigan. And I am, honestly, I'm not very high on Ohio State's chances. I, I, well, I wasn't, at least. I went back and watched the Ohio State-Michigan game, uh, which, as a fan, was brutal. But what was brutal about it was not that I didn't feel like Michigan dominated that game, like the score said. I think Ohio State was very close to being up seven to three, seventeen to three. I think if the defense could have stopped one big play in the opening half, you're not talking about twenty to seventeen. You're talking about. 27 to 30, uh, 27 to 10. And that puts all the pressure on Michigan. Now that's, that's saying if Cade Stover doesn't drop a couple of key balls on fourth down, but the reality is they, they didn't have a healthy running back room. Cade Stover was beat up. Granted it was at home but I just the more I watched that game, I was like, man, is Ohio there wasn't as much separation between Ohio State and Michigan as I think the score said. And it was 45-23. They they whooped up on them on the scoreboard, and especially in the fourth quarter. But like, what if Ohio State gets them out of out of their game plan? What if it's like the TCU game, which they certainly have the firepower to do? And then I looked at Michigan's schedule. Michigan's schedule is very easy. You know, their first four games, East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, Rutgers. Then they get Nebraska, Minnesota, Indiana, Michigan State. They should cruise to 8-0. But then they get Purdue, who I think has a good quarterback. Then they go to Happy Valley. And then they go to Maryland. And listen... I don't think Maryland is – I don't think they're going to upset Michigan. But, like, it is really hard to go back-to-back on the road against two probably top 25 caliber teams and then go and face your rival. And they're not doing beat Ohio State periods anymore. They're doing beat Georgia periods. Now, maybe they're still doing Ohio State periods, but – they're focusing on Georgia. They're focusing on all these things, uh, all these other things. I think Ohio State gets them in Ann Arbor. I think Ohio State gets it done in Ann Arbor. I would not be shocked if I'm wrong on that, by the way. Uh, I, I, the maximum hedging for me right now. But I, I, I'm picking Ohio State to beat Michigan in Ann Arbor. And I think Michigan and Ohio State also finish 11-1, and 8-1 in the conference, which means the tiebreaker goes to the team that has the best, the best crossover opponents. So West, West Division, which would go to Ohio State? Uh, because Wisconsin, uh, Wisconsin 
surely trumps anything that Penn State's got. You know, Penn, Penn State's got Iowa, but they also have Northwestern. Northwestern's going to sink them. So I, I, my guess is Penn State will not have the best West Division crossovers, um, especially the way I have it. And then Michigan and Ohio State share their West Division opponents, except it's Nebraska and Wisconsin. They, they split those. So if everything is – let me just make sure I'm doing this right to make sure that I'm not screwing this up. Um, yeah, like I, I, I think even though Illinois – I have Illinois and Iowa doing quite well. Northwestern really sinks Penn State. So they would have 12 overall wins, whereas Ohio State would have – let me do math here. Would have fifteen. Uh, their opponents would have fifteen wins in the conference, and Michigan's would have, I believe, yeah, they would have nine. So yeah, so Ohio State would win the tiebreaker, and that would put Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game, where they'd rematch Wisconsin. I think that game will be close in Madison. I think it'll be not as close in Indy. Um, I think Ohio State wins that game, wins the Big Ten, which leaves my playoff picks uh, as follows. I think fourth, I've got Michigan. I think Penn State will probably have a better non-conference resume with West Virginia. But ultimately, I think the head-to-head of Michigan going on the road to Penn State is going to give Michigan the nod. I think Penn State ends up fifth, fifth or sixth. My guess is LSU will be in in that conversation as well. But I've got Michigan fourth. Third, I have Clemson. I, I tried my hardest to keep Clemson out because I'm just not sold on them. But you know what? I look at their schedule and I I can't find many losses on it. Like I think Duke over Clemson is a trendy uh upset pick. I think Duke's good. I just don't think they have the talent for it. I think, you know, I think they play Notre Dame. I I watch Notre Dame. Notre Dame's a nice team this year. I think Sam Hartman is really good. I think their receivers are good. I think they're a if I'm honest a poor man's version of Michigan. I think their offensive line is good, not great. I think estimate is good, not great. I think their receivers are good, not great. I think their defense is, is good. They're disciplined. Um, I don't think they'll lose stupid games like they did last year. I think they'll be like a, a nine and three or ten and two team. I don't think they're going to beat Clemson. Um, and so I think Clemson probably there's probably one loss in there. But I still think they win the conference. They beat Florida State. And I think the the strength of the ACC will get them to three. I've got Ohio State two. Um, I I think you could make an argument that you flip everything in, in my picks and put Ohio State one on the strength of their schedule. Because they'll have a win at Notre Dame. They'll have a win at Michigan they have a win at Wisconsin plus a neutral site win over Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin is going to be top 12. 
So I think they're going to have the best resume out of any playoff team. But I I think you got to give the number one seed to the undefeated reigning two-time defending national champions, and that will be Georgia. I Georgia's schedule is a joke. I think people are really high on Tennessee, and I don't think they should. I think Georgia is going to run right through them. I think the LSU hype is is good. I I'm still not sure that they don't get past Bama. I said LSU might be fifth or sixth. I also might put Bama in there. Um, I think Bama's quarterback play is going to hold them back, but. Ultimately, I have Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, Clemson 3, Michigan 4. I think Bama, LSU, Penn State are all, USC are all on the outside looking in. And that'll do it. That's that's my preseason picks for 2023. Bookmark this so that in five months you can tell me how I got nothing right. Because inevitably, that's what happens. Remember, two years ago, I picked Texas A&M to be number one. That blew up in my face. So... Cheers, right? I, I'll i say one last thing. I think Penn State next year, I think they're poised to take the conference by storm next year. I, I would not be surprised if they're in the playoff this year. But you look at who the conference is losing versus who's coming back for Penn State next year. Ohio State is going to lose a lot of their firepower, a lot of the key guys on defense. Michigan's going to lose a lot of key guys on their team. My guess is both their running backs are going to be gone. A lot of their offensive line is going to be gone. I I think Penn State next year has a better shot. I think their shot, you know, even though I, I'm not predicting it, I still think Penn State has a really good shot to get to the playoff this year. So, all that being said, this is my these are my preseason picks for 2023. Let me know what you think. Leave a review. Send me an email. This has been the Big Ten Football Talk podcast. This is Zach Guggenheim signing off. Take care. God bless.